WATD presents Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. You're good at what you do, too. She is Natalie Jacobson. You are the dean of South Shore Broadcasting. Putting the South Shore spin on politics, current events, and pop culture. Best-selling author, Dave Wedge. you got to say that. I'm sorry. Thank, huh? Thank you, Mayor. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful to be here. Kevin's been a long time. Thanks for all you do. All you, you know, your local news icon. We appreciate it. Kathy's oh, wow. doing a great job at this. And I've decided she's jelly. I gotta be peanut butter. There was a debate about it. There was a debate about that. There was that. a debate. You fine with jelly? I'm fine with jelly. Okay, good. Jelly spikes my sugars. Good evening and welcome to Monday Night Talk. As you know, I am not Kevin Tachi, and I'm going to be your host for the first hour with Massachusetts State Auditor Diana DeZaglio. Welcome back to Monday Night Talk. It's great to be back. Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. Jermaine Wiggins member of the 2001 Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. Welcome to Monday Night Talk. Oh, thank you for having me. Anytime. Not just economic development, but it's how to get the businesses involved. Senator, I want to thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you being a, a voice, bringing so much community news to uh, to folks here on the South Shore. And now, your host, Kevin Tachi. Welcome and good evening. You are tuned in to Monday Night Talk. Coming to you live from Broadcast House. Here on the first Monday of February. I swear it was just Christmas. I don't know where the time is going, but we have another amazing show for you. We kick things off with the State House report. Of course, a warming up in the bullpen is State Representative Joan Moschino. She'll be joining us in just a few moments. Uh, following uh, the representative, uh, Richard Rosen, uh, not only a, a local business owner, but he is also a proud sponsor of this radio program so he'll join us hour number two scott sudikoff he is a, a media personality does a lot of uh ncaa uh, sports broadcast play-by-play uh also joining us is keith hayes radio personality with hoobazoo.com does his own podcast called the booth and we're going to talk a little bit about the road to wrestlemania 40 as these two gentlemen specialize in sports entertainment and then we close things out with the great Michelle McGrath with McGrath PR. She gives us a little bit of a rundown of some of the fantastic things that are happening in and around the South Shore uh, in uh, the late winter and early spring. If you're looking for great things to do in and around the South Shore, we have a, a list of things that we are going to discuss. But we turn our attention to our very first guest. Uh, as she is... Uh, in on this program on a regular basis, we have a state representative, Joan Mesquina, representing the third, third. Plymouth District. Right. How are you? I'm good. Good evening, everyone. It's great to be here with you guys all tonight. How is John doing? Oh, he's terrific. Um, sorry he had uh, meetings. The poor guy is still working, so he couldn't join me tonight. But he said to say a warm hello to you and to everyone listening. Excellent. Uh, we have... Uh, quite a list of things to, to talk about. I think probably the, the top of the list for me, knowing that when I'm not here behind the microphone on a Monday night, uh, my primary focus, primary uh, job is working for a, a local PEG station, PEG standing for Public Education and Government, and we provide local news to our respective communities. I happen to uh, do so for Abington, and on the side, I do a little bit for Whitman and Hanson, but the idea is, is uh, providing things that are happening, whether it's municipal meetings, local sports, or community events, or even allowing folks to come on in and get on, if they can get on camera, or if they want to do a podcast, and kind of, you know, exercise their First Amendment rights. I know that you recently, 
uh, I think, uh, January 25th, if I'm correct. Oh, wow. <laughs> Following me closely, I take it. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm also, I'm, I'm a Mass Access member. Yes. Um, but they had their annual membership meeting. They did. And you were their keynote speaker. Um, talk to me a little bit about... Uh, you know your speech and, and speaking with with these folks and knowing that you have been championing a piece of legislation that that can hopefully uh, continue the lifeblood of what we do. Yes, Mass Access. For those of you who don't know, is the trade association for all of the Peg channels, and they do a fantastic job, really upping everyone's game, promoting all of the vendors, and they they convene regularly. And as most of you know, they reached out to me at the beginning of the session to file a bill for them to sustain their funding stream. Um, so we filed House 74 and Senate 34, an act to modernize the funding streams to support community media st- centers. So keynote speaker is a little fancy. What they really wanted was for an me update. to an update. An update. <laughs> so a legislative update. But I do have a little good news. Um, so as you know, um, Wednesday, I think, is our uh, Joint Rule 10 under the Joint Rules when all of the committees have to take a first pass at every timely filed bill. So 6,000 bills. Uh, and if you uh, follow the website or you, or you follow Instatrack, you're seeing that things are starting to get either reported favorably, sent to study, which is just a polite try again, or they're getting held, extended in the committee. And so House 74 and Senate 34 have been extended in the committee. And the reason that is, is because we're doing a little research, a little work to answer um, and refine some of the language. So we're working with the Department of Revenue and how would they implement and um, what's their take on the scope? Um, Because the goal really here is to follow all of the customers, right? As people are moving away from cable and, and trying and utilizing really cool, new, innovative technologies for all of their entertainment streaming services, we want to make sure that um, that the the fee, the assessment that gets um, that gets us added on to those costs, um, still remain, so that we create this stable funding stream. I mean, it's worked so well. We have a wonderful ecosystem and of 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 community media centers, and it's all of the things that you were talking about. So um, that's the bill. And it is extended. And, you know, we just had they had a few research questions for us on how we drafted and the language. Um, but the committee is still working with us. So pretty excited. What I find interesting, I, I, I recall back to last summer when there was a committee meeting. I believe it was, it was a, a hearing. It was, it was a hearing. It was the hearing for the bill. And it was, it July. was, it was a joint. It was a joint committee. It's a joint committee. Yes. And yeah. that one of one of the panelists actually said, well, I don't know how I feel about this, knowing that people are trying to cut their cable bill and we're going to put something, you know, do we want to put another, you know, uh, nominal fee on them? Well, you know, originally, you know, all of this became, came to pass in, in the 80s, the Telecommunications Act. And the whole idea was, is that if uh, a Comcast or Verizon, I mean, we've seen the evolution of different cable companies going back to broadband, uh, Bell, all of that. Oh, sure. Where, you know, the idea was if you want right away and you want access to, to uh, customers is that you did a licensing agreement with said communities or communities mm-hmm. uh, in order to be ha- to ha- have that access and you would grant the 10-year license and those who became subscribers right. would pay a nominal fee. So right. it's, it's not mm-hmm. different. The biggest problem is, is that 
is that we, as we've seen the change and the landscape has changed, uh, the Xfinity slash Comcast and the Verizons keep increasing. You know, your basic cable nowadays is it's not affordable oh, anymore. It's going through the roof. And yeah. part of the problem is, is that as people move away from cable right. and start streaming, um, what they're doing is now those licensing agreements are with a smaller group of people. So to keep their revenues up, they have increased their prices dramatically um, since they since they first started this, and so five percent of a larger of a larger number um, feels a little bit more weighty. But as we transition right over to the streaming services, that's going to be five percent of a much smaller number. Right. So it really, I think, what we're going to see is that we're going to move back to a smaller 5% of a smaller number over a lot more people. And so it really won't be burdensome as much burdensome on um, a smaller group to pay for this. But I tell you, it is amazing the programming. I, you know, I think of like the town hall, and it's actually part of their um, their academic program, and and it's transparency in government. It's like every mo- every single TV, uh, excuse me, TV, <laughs> um, selectmen's meeting or school committee meetings. Every meeting you want to be able to watch, and you know, some of these buildings are small, and you can maybe fit twenty five people in a room. Well, now you know. 125 people can watch. And so it really has been engagement off the charts. And then I look at things like um, Harbor Media. They're doing a great job. They they service both Hingham and Norwell. Correct. And they're training the next generation of interviewers and producers. And if you want to do a podcast, I mean, they're teaching you how to do it, making all the equipment available. And the programming that's coming out of some of these community media centers is just off the charts amazing. Plus... They are the trusted source of information. A lot of these little papers, our local papers, the weeklies, have gone the way of all things. So, you know, if you really want to know what's going on in your community, this is one of those really uber local um, trusted spaces. Of course, we can always listen to (laughs) WATD. But, you know, honestly, if people aren't doing this kind of programming, you know. Who will will do it? And and that's that's the other thing is, is that if, in fact... The funding isn't there. What happens is it's, we're already starting to see the trend where a lot of the access centers, again, they're nonprofits, but if it's, if it's getting harder and harder to operate, what happens is they turn into a town department and then you become subject to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, budget cuts and, oh, well, you can't buy that new equipment because we just right. don't have the money. And yeah. there are other departments that are ahead of you. That's what happens is, is you're no longer a standalone entity that's able to do your job and, and do it as an unbiased source, mm-hmm. but in so you're more part of the machine itself. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So all good things. So we've survived the first, the first, um, the first deadline, wave. the first save, and we're going to work closely with the committee. Um, this is actually how it usually works is bills that, that um, are, are ready to move bills that their interest, leadership's interested in that are really ripe, right. That are really relevant and, and timely and vetted. You, you keep working with the committee. So people for other things that you're interested in advocating for, you know, that they're holding it in a committee and extending it, the deadline that that's a good sign because that means that they're still work actively working on it. Well, we will look forward to, to more updates Yes, as you get them good or bad. <laughs> we, we take it as, as it comes and as, as po- people, as the committee, you know, decides what they're, they're going to do with it. Yeah. Um, let's uh, change our direction and talk a little bit about the the, the political landscape here in the South Shore. Oh, lots it's, of changes it's coming. It's changing, 
and it's you're going to see some some key individuals, the Josh Cutlers, who's now uh, the Undersecretary of Labor. Starting, he started. I think you yeah. started his job today. Today was his first day. First day. Good luck. Who you did? I hope your first day went well, Josh. I know he knocked it out of the park. I'm sure. Absolutely, and that's kind of his forte. It Labor is. is is his thing. I think he's going to excel, and I think it was a, yeah. a great. Uh, choice by the administration. Yes. Uh, Matt Muratori, who is uh, I know. throwing his hat in the ring for uh, State Senate. Sue Moran, she's di- deciding to run seek a, a county office. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Cassidy, he is retiring. I know, right? I saw that. One of three uh, Brockton uh, state reps, he's he's leaving. And then Dylan Fernandez, mm-hmm. who is uh, running for Senate. Now that's on the other side of the bridge, but, but it, still. It's, still, it's still kind of a... Yeah, and Sarah Peak, Rep. Sarah Peak, is also retiring. Mm-hmm. So, how does that make you feel? I mean, I, I mean, you, that makes you kind of uh, a little sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you when you come in, um, uh, it's this is this is a great job. I have to say, I love my job. It's a great job. It's only one way to get it. You have to run, but um, but once you get there, it's never quite what you think it's going to be, um, and nobody can really explain it to you. But there are just really great special people, you know. The Jim Cantwells, the Josh Cutlers of the world, who are just very generous, um, with a lot of goodwill, put your hand on the on the shoulder and say, "This is how it works," and and you become close friends. Um, you really get to know people pretty well. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna. There's lots of changes, um, and you know, but on the upside, there's a lot of opportunity, um, and you'll. See, I think we've already seen a few people step in so to run hat in the ring. Yep, hat in the ring for some of the rep seats and. Um, I've only had a chance to meet a few of them so far, but maybe we'll get a few women um, who'll win this time around, and you know, had have more women in the house. That would be that would be fantastic. It's not be a bad really thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about the recent nine C cuts, which uh-huh. were announced now. Knowing that this, the state's dealing with some some serious issues, especially with the migrant situation uh, and budget revenue, the, the revenues aren't up to snuff as. They've, they've been projected. Not to mention, uh, we've got an idea as to the start of the budget process. Fiscal 25 is up on us. Yes, it is. Well, so I don't want people to, to, to worry. Um, so when so when we do our budgets, um, it's always by consensus, right? So Massachusetts has to have a, a balanced budget. So there was a consensus revenue number, and that was the number that, that both the House and the Senate, working with the governor, um, agreed to and built the final budget that we're that we're working our way through right now um, for fiscal fiscal year 24. What we do is we track it very closely. So it's the revenues that are collected. So the revenues that have been collected um, s- since the beginning of the fiscal year are slightly above collections for last year, but they're not quite close enough to what we projected. Not as robust as they should Not be. Not as robust as they should be or that we would have hoped to be. So what you saw the governor do was to, I think it was something like $900 million maybe that the, the collections were off from what they were projecting. So what you saw her do is take an initial step and she, 9C, this is all on her 
she has exclusive authority to do this. Mm. Um, and what she did was most of it came out of her own um, agencies. Um, but a little bit came from some other places. And essentially, she's balancing the budget and she's making sure uh, that we're not spending money so that, that we would be out of budget or out of balance. Um, she's just looking ahead. You know, the next few months, we'll see um, some numbers come out for January soon. Um, but we'll see. And then, of course, April's when we collect most of it. But they'll track it very closely. And if she has to make more cuts, she will. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I was a little disappointed because one of the things she did was um, she there are st- members of spending, right? The directed spending, all the little earmarks we get for our districts. And to be fair, she cut them in half, all of them in half. Ooh. Yeah, that was, I felt bad. So, um, you know, like the Hull Life Saving Museum in Hull, we had get, gotten them um, some money for a new maritime director, really unlock their potential and really build their capacity. And there's some local um, joint initiatives that they were, were hoping to build them up to, to be able to do and work closely with DCR and the Harbor Islands and stuff but um you know so she they got half and they can fundraise around that but um you know so i was a little i was a little disappointed because i you know i like the ones that i pick usually are one-time spends i really try to identify things that are going to unlock someone else's potential and really help uplift local work so we'll see how it goes but okay yeah uh early thoughts on on the governor's second second budget have you had a chance to 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 look through it pour over it and see where it's going to look to you know uh, fortify or I know I know housing is housing top is at of the, the list top of her list mm-hmm. um, and also um, the green line items so um, um, energy and environmental affairs DCR DEP transportation um, transportation's another mm-hmm. one where she's really been building out so um, the governor's first pass of the budget I think shows everybody's key spots like that um, where she's looking to really be transformational and to to make a mark. Um, so from that perspective, it was good. Local aid, that's something that I always watch very closely, um, supporting our communities and our municipalities, and that looked pretty good. Um, she not... Um, I'm trying to think of some other key ones. Those are the ones that I really focus on. Um, but now what the next step is, is that it's been filed, it goes to House Ways and Means, and uh, the house comes oh, to you guys. Comes to us, guys. Yep. Well, house is where all bill- spending bills originate. So it comes to the house first. Um, we'll take a look at it. Um, members will have an opportunity to weigh in on priorities. And you know mine. I mean, it's always climate, transportation, yep. libraries, right? That's another one I always, um, environment, things like that. Um, so we'll, we'll be taking a look at that. And House Ways and Means is already meeting with all members individually. We take our budget up um, in April. So we'll, they'll, they'll publish it. The second version, we'll file our amendments and we'll debate them at the end of April. And then it goes to the Senate to do the same thing. So, yeah. So we're just at the top of it. We're just at the beginning. It's the exciting process that it <laughs> oh, goes through. And then the waiting, you know, late June, July, first week of July, second week of July. Oh, oh. Like, come on, come third on. Third week, yeah. Let's get it done by July. Oh. But the, um, yeah, so it's just it's just at the beginning when everything's all promise and optimism <laughs> okay so uh taking a, a quick look at your website uh, joanmoschino.com uh and uh so the your latest entry and a couple of things in regards to some primary bills of yours yes uh one was uh h3774 uh, climate bank 
Yeah, so that's still pending, um, waiting to learn that fate. Um, that's still pending in financial services. But, um, you know, we got in there and we really explained to them um, the whole point of that is this we're decarbonizing our economy and we're trying to um, shift over to, um, you know, renewable energies. People need to make changes in their own homes to keep pace with all of this and to really avail themselves of it. But, um, you know, regular people need to to have access to inexpensive money. And that's the whole point of it is an innovation in um, how we do banking and how we make money available so people can make those renovations and really glean the benefit of all the work we're doing around climate. We already talked about uh, H74, uh, modernizing funding for community media that was on there but then also uh housing subsidy pool um, yes uh, very exciting h 1354 what is that so think father bills yes and you're you're trying to get people out of shelter and you want to create housing you put a stipend with it and what this this bill would do is it would put support services, wraparound, trauma-informed support services. You know, people who have been chronically homeless, they tend to have experienced a lot of trauma. And so they don't always, you can give them housing, but they don't always succeed there. Um, they so need help. They, they need, need assist. just a little assist. Yep. And what this bill does is it just just creates a flexible pool that you would put all services that we already provide. It just makes it easier for a place like Father Bill's to uh, access them and provide those services to really meet people where they're at and help them be successful. Um, and, you know, it could be permanent housing or it might be temporary and something that, you know, we just help launch people, whatever it needs to be. It's really just about getting people off the streets and into into housing. So, so, exciting. So, so there aren't already initiatives that are in place that, that legislation needs to be crafted in order to make this happen? It's hard to do it. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities to, to build mm-hmm. and to get those stipends. But creating the sports services, it really takes an arm and a leg. So if you look at a place like Father Bill's, honestly, sometimes it takes them years to pull together um, these kinds of things because there's a lot of eligibility criteria and you have to meet people where they're at. So it's really about how you procure the services and how a, a program, an agency like Father Bill's would access them. It's just about making it easier so that, you know, whatever it is you need is what they can provide rather than trying to like apply for 12 different programs. So you're clearing red tape, basically. Yeah, it's a, think of it as a clearinghouse. Yeah, okay. it really is. Yes. One-stop and, shopping. And, and that's actually what the yep. Baker administration, when we filed this last year, mm-hmm. um, they actually went ahead and created a one-door. Uh, but of course, you know, as they exited, you know, they didn't really do anything with it. That's just the way of transitions between kind of administrations. Just languishing and nobody doing right. anything Right, no one it. did anything with it. So now we've got a new governor, and this is actually um, going to come out in the in the housing bond bill, the, the, the big housing bond bill that... The four, yeah, the, four, uh, the affordable, $4 billion, $4 billion dollar $4 housing billion bill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Affordable Homes Act. So um, so this one's moving, so we're excited about that. This okay. is going to be a good one. We've got a few minutes left uh, of our uh, State House report with the State Representative Joan Moschino, representing the 3rd Plymouth District. Um, anything that you want to uh, touch upon before we say goodbye to our next discussion? No, I just want to remind people, really, um, don't forget that if you need help navigating anything to do with the state agencies, you know, whether it's the handicap placard for the RMV or, um, you know, 
whether it's getting health care, whatever it is, uh, health insurance, you know, remember to call your state representative. Um, we're here to help. Constituent services is always our first priority. And there's for the time being, a lot of really good state reps down on the South Shore who care deeply about their community. Um, so don't hesitate to pick up the phone and call any one of us if you need help. Now, do you hold regular office hours if folks want to find out if they wanted to meet you in person or they wanted to meet with one, one of your aides? Oh, absolutely. Um, just go to joanmoschino.com and we post our office hours. We try to put it out on social media as well. So usually we're on Instagram or Facebook. Um, but honestly, 617-722-2092 and a very nice woman named Liz will answer that phone. Um, so if you need to schedule time or you just want to find out where the office hours are, I am I am somewhere every Monday. I am somewhere in the district holding office hours. I rotate through the three towns. So, um, yeah, please stop by. If you need help with something, call or you just want to say hi or talk policy. You know me. I'm a nerd. I love to talk policy. So, so I mean, how often do you, you meet with constituents? I mean, how often have you had somebody who wanted to come and just talk policy with you? Oh, yeah. People do that all the time. Um, well, there are a lot of really engaged advocates in our in our district on a whole host of, of numbers. I, I teased um, Reverend Brown when he was retiring from Old Ship. I was, was there just to help celebrate. And I looked out across his entire congregation. And I was like, oh, all right. Now I see. So there are a lot of really engaged folks on the South Shore on a whole variety from everything from climate to libraries and transportation. So really, um, you can make an appointment to talk shop um, or you can swing by and say hi. Um, Usually we're at the Senior Center in Cohasset, Senior Center in Hull and the library in um, in Hingham. So we really make it easy for people to get to us, or you can always come and visit us in the State House. You could do that. And again, I'll throw out her, her email, Joan Moschino, M-E-S-C-H-I-N-O, at mahouse.gov, or... Okay, time out. Oh, it's oh, Joan oh. Dot Moschino. Joan Dot. At mahouse.gov. Yeah, yeah. I'm testing to see yeah. if you're... I listen to you. I listen. <laughs> and the phone number, I'll get this right, 617 722 2092. That's right. And just if, if usually someone answers, but if not, leave a message. Leave we'll a message and we'll get right back to you. We're here to help. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. It's great to be here. Everyone have a wonderful night. There you go. All right. Well, well, well we're not done. Don't go anywhere just yet. Leave, leave it on the dial like that. we got more Monday Night Talk coming up in just a few moments here on 95.9 WATV. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi, on 95.9 WATD. Eat, drink, and socialize at the patio at McWiggins in Whitman Center. Sit down with a specialty cocktail and start your meal off with a patio sampler with chicken wings, egg rolls, potato skins, fried cauliflower, and chicken and biscuits. Watch the game on seven 55-inch monitors while digging into braised short ribs, fish tacos, fig and goat cheese flatbread, or koji steak tips. Relax and listen to the live entertainment at the patio every Friday and Saturday night. And don't forget, McWiggins Pub next door. They're located at 546 and 552 Washington Street in downtown Whitman. Invest your time in listening to Cape Retirement Radio and learn a smarter approach to investing so you can protect your future. Cape Retirement Radio, featuring Chris Latond, Thursday nights at 6.15 and Sunday mornings at 10 on 95.9 WATD. Download the Monday Night Talk podcast from iTunes for free. Just search for Monday Night Talk WATD. We now return to Kevin Tachi and Monday Night Talk. 
Alright. So, welcome back to Monday Night Talk. And uh, up next should be joining us in any moment is Mr. Mr. Richard Rosen. Well, if he's on the line, Mr. Rosen, how are you? I'm well, Mr. Tashi, and how are you this evening? Just fantastic. Another day in paradise, my friend. <clears throat> well, you live every day in paradise. So, welcome back to Monday Night Talk. It's been a while since we've had you on, and had you on since uh, we made a, a couple of subtle changes. So, <clears throat> I want to take this opportunity now. I know I'm not the first, but I want to thank you finally for changing your intro. But it's, see... But see that that's version one. That's just that's the the, the one with the primer on it right now. This hopefully we'll have uh, a couple of more that we'll do, and they'll be better quality, and they will be uh, they'll have you know different voices. I'm I'm not going to critique it again, um, but it is your first draft, and it's very good. Okay, and I know the talent that you possess, and I know that it will be better when you. Redo it again. There's so many, you have a, thousands of voices to go through to come the, up with the right few. That's that was the struggle is that there was so many so many different people that I had to had to go through and go. This is a great one. Oh, this is a good one. But you know the the thing is is that the way the old the old one is. I mean, we hadn't changed it since 2016. But the thought is is that there's there's certain. T- um, time, you know, there's a certain amount of time you have from one to the next to the next to Joe McMillan, who is a voice that's in there as well. So uh, I don't want to interrupt, but at least let me say this much. All the people that you currently have on the new intro are at least alive. <laughs> I mean, that's... Wait, hold I'm, on. I'm, stop, stop. <laughs> everybody who's... <laughs> that's an unfair assessment. I believe everybody in the old intro in, intro are still... They're individuals who are still alive. They are just no longer serving in public office. Yes. They would, as you might say, they're no longer relevant yes. to anything. They were politically deceased is what you're saying. I didn't say that. You did. But just, anyway, <laughs> nice job, by okay. the way. So changes are happening over at McGuigan's Pub. I happened to drive by the other day. Saw a couple of work crews uh, working to remove some of the, the holiday stuff. And I even hear... A uh, the uh, the twenty foot tree that you have in the patio is uh, no more. So correct. You started to talk about changes. I'm like, wait, no one's told me. Um, but yes, the 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 crew was in taking down the the Christmas lights um, due to the weather that we've had. It was a little extended. And yes, I I have to tell you that unfortunately we took the Christmas tree down. <clears throat> it it was time. I remember the first year we had it and it became a. Holiday tree it became a Valentine's Day tree, and then it became a, a St. Patrick's Day tree, and then it was an Easter tree. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't make it beyond Christmas tree this year, and uh, it's down. I will say that I did. I have seen when you were using it as a holiday tree, and holiday not meaning like you know just around the Christmas season, but every time there was a well, it was Valentine's Day, whether well, St. Patrick's Day. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Fourth of July, things like things like that. You know, you were, you know, you were you were finding ways to decorate it. Yes, I wasn't. Danielle was my daughter, 
Um, Danielle's the best. Danielle is the best. I mean, there's no one better than Danielle. And it's just a matter of being so busy that you just can't get everything done. You find that in in your everyday life, and you know sure. we all have those problems. If and I can have like a, a if I can have like a forty hour day, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you, you can't get it done it. in twenty four. No, it's too hard. So it's too hard. But anyway, well, um, a week from Wednesday is Valentine's Day. Yes, and. We're going to have a couple of, um, so you can make reservations at either restaurant now for Valentine's Day, and we do come out with a special menu for that day, um, and we have, we, Danielle, has created Valentine's Day drink menus at both restaurants, and they're both different, and reading them, they sound really good. They're posted in the restaurant. You can get them anytime. She has a French Kiss Manhattan. A chocolate cherry martini, love bug cocktail, drunken love. I mean, there's some really good stuff on here. And then over this place, you got the chocolate covered strawberry, sparkling diamond love potion. My goodness, passion pear. I mean, there's a lot of stuff here that you can get at either place, and they all sound really good. Now, have you have you had a chance to? Are you one of the individuals who actually? gets to sample this to say, yes, this is good enough for my customers. Or is that Danielle's job where she takes little sips and, you know, or she just trusts the tender who puts them together? We put a lot of trust in the bartender. We show them what to do and how to do it, and they always seem to do the right thing. I will test the food, uh, as I call it when I'm in the kitchen, saying I want to try that. It's quality control. So I do have some quality control over the food, but... um, if it's not vodka and soda, yeah, let someone else, you know. The, I I will guarantee that the drinks come out perfect. I do, however, I have, however, been trying. We have a menu that I had prepared that is made with my own honey, which we'll talk about that in a little while. There's 10 drinks. And um, we've been experimenting lately because, once again, I prepared that menu two years ago, but we've become so busy that we just haven't had a chance to implement it, but it's coming soon. And that's all drinks made with honey. And um, Honey-infused drinks. That's yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Right out of, right out of the, the, uh, the Rosen backyard. Correct. Correct. The palatial. Out of the backyard into your mouth. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, let's, let's transition from specialty drinks. To daily specials. Well, as you know, both places we do specials, we do daily specials. Like this weekend uh, in the pub, we were doing a um, a pot roast, and it is unbelievable. Um, I think they sold an entire roast on Friday night. Um, and then we had chicken pot pie that is made from scratch in the kitchen by our head chef. Oh, I saw that. I saw that on the menu the other night. Yes, because you were in there tormenting me when I wasn't. <laughs> you were sending me pictures of my favorite foods that I don't eat anymore because of it's not good for me. Uh. Um, and uh, I was out with people, and I'm reciting what you're reading, and they're going, well, what is he doing, sending you what he's eating? And I'm like, yeah. Well, I, sent you was... pi- I sent you a picture, so let's, let's hold on. I didn't, I didn't like, list it out. I, I sent you a picture. You go, look, this is what I'm sampling from your menu. 
and my favorite things, and I, I, I don't even eat them anymore. But yeah, we're doing, we're doing. Obviously, we do daily specials, but on, um, we do different stuff on the weekends in both places. Like in the, um, in the patio. <clears throat> excuse me, in the patio this weekend they had, um, you know, we have the Mediterranean salad. Well, they were doing a Mediterranean flatbread, and they did this braised chicken thighs. They were sautéed in a sherry wine sauce with roasted mushrooms and tomatoes and served over mashed potatoes. I guess that was a very big hit. And they did stuff like eggplant parmesan and because, as you know, we'll do veal parmesan and we'll do egg, um, chicken parmesan. So they do specials um, every night. And in the patio, they just – it's a very young, dynamic group of people in the kitchen that want to just outdo one another with the stuff that they make. And I said, hey, do whatever you want to do. I, I like the creativity. And the customers seem to enjoy the heck out of it. So it's all good. And do you feel that like having the two restaurants, while, while the pub can have a certain fare, that maybe you can flex the culinary muscle over at the patio, or you could be experimental and try certain things and see how it goes over with that crowd? Yes. It's, um, yeah, it's just because of the makeup of the the staff and stuff, it's easier in the patio. You know, it's funny, we were talking about this often, is that, you know, we've been there, believe it or not, over 14 years in the pub. People didn't think I was going to last 14 minutes. We have survived 14 years through a pandemic. Um, and I can go in there day or night and know the majority of people that are in there, you know, 80, 90% of the people, uh, you know, I can't tell you everybody's name, but I know the people. I'll go into the patio, and I won't know 80 or 90% of the people. It's amazing, the, the different crowds. And what's really cool, and we've talked about this, is that, you know, downtown Whitman used to be the sidewalks rolled up at 6 o'clock, and now it's starting to get busy at 6 o'clock. It's become kind of a, a destination place to come to those two restaurants. Um, and we have people coming from all over the place, and people that listen in WATD listening land. Um, I'll have people come and say, hey, I heard you on WATD, and I want to try, you know, the chicken pot pie or whatever. But um, it's it's pretty amazing the difference between the, the two restaurants. Um, and they're both doing well. I mean, we've been at the, the patio now. It's going to be five years in May. Mm. And again, you know, I remember standing there March 16th, 2020, and watching the governor on the TV going, oh, you're going to close tonight. And, you know, the next day was only St. Patrick's Day. And we had a gazillion pounds of corned beef that, yep. you know. Yeah, but, but you, you, you fig- know. but Richard, you, fig- you figured it out. You and Danielle and Kathy, you guys you guys figured it out. The staff figured it out, and you were able to transition and, and still have, you know, a heartbeat in not one restaurant but both. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty rewarding. It's pretty amazing that, you know. And, you know, and um, we go on and we start different things like, you know, we have entertainment in both places every Friday and Saturday night. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to start um, entertainment on we're going to try it. I don't know if it's going to be every Thursday, but we're going to have um, entertainment in the patio starting at 630 on Thursday night. We're going to have our first uh, entertainer is going to be Ken Snow, who's absolutely unbelievable. Um and then, of course, you know, we do jazz, um, I don't know, the third or fourth, third Wednesday of, of every month. That's coming back in, in, January, uh, in March. 
and you know they bring in a great crowd so it's it's good you know we we always do different things that you know we're always trying something different we have the half price kids in the um, patio on Thursdays from mm-hmm. 4 to 7 and half price in the pub on Tuesdays um you know, that might have been a mistake because now I have all these little kids running around. It's like, you know, what the heck are we doing here? So I'm just kidding. No, it, um, it almost sounds like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm somebody who follows Dave Portnoy, who is uh, Barstool Sports, one bite, everybody knows the rules. And it was a, I, I don't want to say the name of the local establishment because they don't, they don't sponsor the show, you do. But he had a bunch of kids in the background. And it was kind of funny that he's like, all right, get these damn kids out of here. But, you know, interesting enough that, you know, uh, I'm hoping to, I'm, I'm putting out the word, trying to get David Portnoy to be a guest on the show to talk about his quest of trying pizza. I'm surprised that he was in the uh, Whitman area not too long ago and uh, totally omitted stopping by McGuigan's and trying their pie. Yeah, it was um, it was his loss, I can tell you that. No, 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 no. No, he just he, he you know what he can't know he can't have all the great pizza places in his purview. It just yeah. someone just has to enlighten him a little bit. That's all. That's, That's all. all. There's just someone needs to enlighten him. him. Uh, but other than Dave Portnoy, let's not also forget. You know, when it comes to um, St. Patrick's Day, right? Nothing, St. nothing Patrick's better. Day. Nothing better than a pub in St. Patrick's Day. Uh, are we planning for St. Patty's Day this year? Yeah, we have. Um, the entertainment is in place. Um, for both places, I don't know what time or when. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I know what day, but I don't know what time. And we both places have entertainment. And, of course, what would it be like without having Maureen Haley, our step dancers? Yep. Um, and they'll be in both places. And, again, no idea what time because she runs those poor kids ragged that day. They do, like, 15 appearances from Plymouth to Whitman and back and all over the place. So, and... uh People love those kids, and it's it's awesome to see them. I mean, some of the kids that, that started with us, I mean, 14 years ago are in college. I mean, and it's like, crazy. it's crazy. So it's all good. Now, you teased earlier about um, about honey, and uh, folks may or may not know it, but you actually have uh, your own beehives, and you have your own bee show. And I believe as of, you, of course. as of late, I believe now you have... The epic B-Mobile. So we we can tease it a little, but we don't want to give it away. Okay. But we do have the epic B-Mobile, which we have talked recently about doing another year. Yep. Um, I think we've done four, we've done four, four. years yep. over like five or six over five or six years because we took some time off. Yep. And um, but we have to get back to filming. Um, this year, and I've been thinking of different episodes, and we do need to introduce the B-Mobile <laughs> in the first episode. And I was thinking, you know, we might want to have a couple of guests talk about the queen and how a queen is formed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, us us beekeepers, you included, know that when we pick up those packages, because I have to start anew every year because my overwintering skills are <laughs> pretty bad, um, Sorry. Compared to you, you newbie, who still has live bees and I don't. Two hives. Um, okay. Okay, you still, that's enough. <laughs> I have to start from scratch every year. It's horrible. But we, you know, people don't realize that when you start, you're picking up a box of bees, a package. 10,000 bees. There's, ten, there's 10,000 bees in there. One queen, 9,990 
worker bees, all girls, and then you got like a hundred drones, which are the guys, which is absolutely no life in being a drone. I nope. mean, there's no future in being a drone. Yeah. But you know, it's it's a fascinating hobby that we've talked about in the past, and um, I think I was thinking I was thinking about another episode of literally bringing in someone that probably has forgotten more about beekeeping than I know, and talking about how a queen is raised and how a queen is formed with the royal jelly and all that stuff. I think we'll, we'll have to do that in one of our episodes, too. Definitely so. sounds like a, it sounds like a plan. Um, as we wrap things up again, speaking with uh, Richard Rosen, he is the fine proprietor of uh, McGuigan's Pub and the patio at McGuigan's. Uh, anything we haven't touched upon, but you want to make sure you mention uh, in closing? Jesus, Kevin, I can't. I, can't, I think we've pretty much covered all of it um, other than both places are really good, and people listening should come up and give it a try. We have a ton of different beers on tap. We have really good food. We have half price pizza on Wednesdays with Singo. Um, we've talked about Fridays and Saturdays. We've got some really wonderful employees, and it's just a great place to come. Definitely, indeed. Well, I, I want to thank you, as always, for being a proud supporter of this radio program and, and continuing to do so into, uh, into the future. Well, you know, we, we, you and I probably do have a future now that um, we have a new intro. <laughs> <laughs> I only talked to you about that for years. I know. And we should talk about one last thing. I know we're talking about the restaurants, but we should also talk about people going on um, and looking up the buzz around bees and seeing our bee show. Yeah, the you- other guy behind the camera and the producer, and um, it is an award-winning TV show. I couldn't have said it better myself. For folks who want to know more about uh, McGuigan's Pub, maybe you want to grab something to eat tonight, check out the website, uh, McGuigan'sPub.com, M-C-G-U-I-G-G-A-N-S. And also, when it comes to the patio, it's the patio at McGuigan's.com. Easy way if you want want to grab something to eat, or if you want to, I believe you still do takeout, right? We do. Uh, We're not open on Mondays, by the way. No, but they can always do tomorrow, right? Um, you can do every other night, um, and you can do lunches on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the patio, and Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the pub. All right. There he is, Richard Rosen. He's been our guest for the first hour. First hour, done, in the books. Hour number two, straight ahead. You are tuned in to Monday Night Talk here on 95.9 WATD. South Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, and severe weather. 95.9 WATD-FM Marshfield and 95.9 WATD.com. Located in downtown Whitman, McWiggins Pub is a fashionable upscale Irish sports pub with a lively bar and dining room. With all the class of a Boston pub, McWiggins serves a great pub menu featuring favorites like beer-battered fried pickles, Reuben sandwiches, shepherd's pie, bangers and mash, and meatloaf. And of course, they have Guinness on tap. McWiggins is a great place to eat, drink, and socialize with family and friends. With eight flat-screen TVs, you'll always find yourself in the center of the action of your favorite team. And don't forget the patio at McWiggins right next door. They're located at 546 and 552 Washington Street in downtown Whitman.
Baby Sars Old Boys are called and you're listening to Monday Night Blah what is it? <laughs> Monday Night Talk. Oh on WATD. In WATD. Welcome back to Monday Night Talk with Kevin Tachi. That was of course uh former host, original host, Bob Hedlund that Mr. Producer popped in there for half a I think it was Rudy Sarzo he was with. And uh I will say that we've been doing this show now for 14 years. A little over 14 years. It's it's incredible. Going on 15 years and still having fun and still doing what we do best, and that is is having great conversation. Uh, and a variety of conversation. It doesn't always have to be political in nature. We can have fun. Uh, like this segment, we're going to talk a little uh, sports entertainment. Some of you out there call it wrestling. And I thought I would bring in a couple of heavyweights to kind of talk a little bit about this, uh, starting with uh, the gentleman who was on the phone, who, and also, this is also a little bit of a reunion. This is like a, a uh, you know, the Brockton radio station recently just got sold. And what's odd is, is that uh, the two gentlemen who are joining me, uh, we've done some work together in the past at uh, the former, former WBET slash WXBR 1460 AM. And I believe I have on the line... Mr. Scott Sudikoff, who is uh, uh, known nationally for his work with the NCAA, uh, his play call of a lot of different sports. Scott Sudikoff, are you there? I'm here. How's it going, Kevin? Uh, Long time no talk. Long time no talk. So back in the day, Scott was the guy who did, uh, he did all the stuff for the Brockton Rocks. Uh, He was the behind the scenes guy, but here and there he would do wrestling he would do uh wrestling um podcasts and it was uh, pretty cool and he still does it here and there and he's also a i believe that he's a repeat offender when it comes to going to big events like survivor (laughs) series and wrestlemania how are you doing these days my friend I'm, I'm doing good, very busy. Uh, I still find a way to feed the, the habit that I've had since being a child of uh, watching professional wrestling. Uh, yeah, still, still going to big events, going to WrestleMania this coming year. Went to SummerSlam this past summer, Survivor Series in Boston a few years ago. I came back just for that. I live in Chicago now. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I, make, uh, I make time for uh, sports entertainment, as you called it. Indeed. Well, again, it, folks, folks call, you know, everybody has a different name for it and they have a different view of it. Um, myself, I enjoy some of how it's how it's put together. Yeah. Is, are a lot of the outcomes predetermined? Yeah. But you know what, though? You, you know that a lot of these you can't call it. Uh, people say that it's not a sport. Listen, these individuals, guys and gals alike, they get injured by performing in the ring and we saw it recently with charlotte flair we saw it with cm punk during the recent royal rumble where he kind of gave a a little bit of a signal to one of the uh one of the referees indicating that he had been hurt um they you know they put it all out there high flying and all and you know then they do it for our entertainment uh before i go any further i also want to bring in the other the other individual former um, uh, host of the booth on WXBR uh, now with Hoobazoo.com as he has brought the booth over there and produces many different shows uh, on Hoobazoo including uh, I believe Oscar Mike Radio with Travis Partington and many others uh, I think Drafting the Circuits is also 
Oh, is that draft yeah, the circuits? Dra- nope, drafting the circuits. NASCAR. We will be back in two weeks to talk NASCAR. We've got big F one talk because Lewis Hamilton is with Ferrari. Woo-hoo! We got a lot of stuff to talk about. So that's Keith Hayes, who has been on here before. Uh, we've had him on to talk other sports, but he's a big, big. WWE big wrestling fan Huge. and so I thought I would and again we all Huge. worked together back in the day uh, 1460 AM <clears throat> thought it'd be nice for a little reunion but also kind of talk about the road to Wrestlemania 40 and we started we actually this past Friday started to to see it take shape um, folks might have been a little fooled by the results of the Royal Rumble uh, if I could ask you Scott I mean what was your takeaway from the recent Royal Rumble pay-per-view uh, that took place. Uh, you know, it was the results were were not surprising. Uh, I think a couple the favorites going in for the men's side would have been Cody Rhodes and then CM Punk. Those are your final two, mm. um, and then on the women's side as well. I think they have been signaling something with Bailey for a while. So I was not, in fact, in the, in the Royal Rumble pool that I was in, when you have to rank, you know, one through five, who you think is going to win. I, number one for me was both Cody and Bailey, not to uh, toot my horn, but I thought it was kind of obvious (laughs) with the way things were, were going. And the show itself was sort of, eh, you know, it was, it was all right. Yeah. Nothing special. You know, everything else was sort of just, um, you know, paint by numbers, basically. You didn't get any ridiculous surprises as people are sort of expecting now, which is unfair in a way because, you know, at number 30, and I know you have this on the rundown for later, but, you know, number 30 for the women and the men, everyone on the women are thinking, oh, Sasha's coming back now, and it's, you know, I don't think so. I I think she's going to be in AEW very soon. And then on the other side, MJF is going to be 30. No, No, he's not. So, you know, so it, it, that's the problem with the past Royal Rumbles, that there's been so many surprises and things like that. And now when there aren't that many people are, oh, this Royal Rumble wasn't good. So it was it was just it was OK. It was it was fine. <clears throat> if I can ask each of you, we'll start with Keith. What did you have any surprise? Was there any surprises, whether it was the entrances into either the the men's or the women's uh, Royal Rumble, uh, Logan Paul and, and Kevin Owens were. Uh, Owens was DQ'd because of, <laughs> he got caught with brass knuckles, uh, or even Reigns winning uh, the Fatal Four Way. Well, well, for me in the Royal Rumble, once again, I got I got to say this: for the last five years, the women's division has been carrying the hell out of the WWE pay per views every year. It's been consistent, so I give my props up to the women. Um, the men's was was super predictable. Um, last year when we had this discussion around Royal Rumble time, I was hoping Braun Breaker would show up. He didn't show up last year. This year I was happy to see Braun Breaker from NXT show up in the Royal Rumble. He kicked butt. It was great to see him, but that was really my only big surprise in the men's, but in the women's. I've been following Jordine Grace's IG for the last three years. Um, I've seen her body transformation from this chubby little girl to this juggernaut that they call her now. Powerhouse, yeah. She's suplexed Bubba Ray Dudley. It, (laughs) it, 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 It went viral. So to see her show up 
And to hear him announce that they have partnerships with all of these little places now TNA these, and stuff, yeah. is awesome to see Jordan Grace get in there and kill it. Um, I was expecting to see AJ in there because of CM Punk. AJ Lee, signed. right. I was expecting to see her. She didn't show up. Um, Sasha Banks, I wasn't expecting to see no. her show up because the rumor was was that she's an AEW girl. Um, we're going to see. But Naomi coming back was nice. But once again... I think the women put on a better, a much better show at at the Royal Rumble. Other than that, everything else was good. I mean, it was good. I mean, it wasn't, you know, there's only so much you can do because you don't want to mess up your Royal, you you don't want to mess up that. Yeah, you don't want to show your hand. That WrestleMania, you know, you want to make sure you build for what you're about to do. I actually thought the Rumble was going to be the place where we were going to see Imperium break up, Mm. and it didn't happen, because I know this is coming. I know this is coming. I know... You know, they're about to break these guys up, and Gunther's about to change. And to be honest, I would love to see Gunther go face. No, I don't want to see him go face. I like it. I, 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 like, I, it. I like him just being just sub face. He's like sub face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, how about you, Scott? What's your take on anything surprised you, or, or you know, or was there something that did surprise you in either the the Rumbles or or the the two other matches? Um, not, no, not really. I mean, it, you know, seeing Naomi back was kind of knew it was coming, but still, you know, nice to see, um, you know, Braun Breaker being in the rumble. Right. Uh, this is a whole, this is a whole other issue, obviously, you know, Brock was Lester. in there because of, yeah, which, you know, good for him, obviously to get that spot and hopefully, you know, he's going to have a, a bright future. Um, but yeah, no, I, honestly, I, I don't think I was too surprised by, um, by anything, I thought the Owens Logan Paul match was probably the best. You know, I guess you can't really compare it with the Royal Rumble, and the real where there were, and there were only were two other matches. So, you know, I thought that was the best match, quote unquote, that, of the whole night. Um, you know, Logan Paul for everything that might be wrong with him and bad about his. You know, I'm not a big fan of the YouTube creator, the Paul Brothers job type of thing, but. He can he can go in the ring, so he seems to be taking that seriously. So you know, good for him on that front. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I said it earlier. I thought the whole show was fine, and it was you know the kind of the paint by numbers, no huge surprises. You know, last year you had the big moment with Sammy, you know, hitting Roman with the chair, and that was the whole night. You know, you didn't have anything like that, obviously. And I guess we haven't mentioned Jade Cargill uh, for the women. All you right. know, again, somewhat of a surprise. I mean, you kind of figured okay she's been gone for three months after you know being signed that this would be the spot to to really debut her and you know she held her own for sure and they obviously gave her a big spot with throwing out uh nia jacks and then having her do a face-off with becky and a face-off with bianca and sort of all those little matches that now can come to fruition at some point over the next few years do you see um, Cargill and and Bianca teaming up and maybe becoming a part of the Big Hurt team? That that's interesting. Well, they just you know the they just had B Fab join that group, right? Um, so I don't know if they're going to have you know what they're going to do with that. It's already, but it would make sense, Bianca, obviously, since her husband is right. part of that group as well. My my opinion on that is is I I really truly think that they're headed for WrestleMania for that matchup because you look at Bianca Belair who has this new series that kicks off this week. Yeah. Um the new the new series WWE and Love or Love and WWE that kicks <laughs> off. So what a better way to sell her reality show with this big match with Jay Cargill to help that show cuz WWE has part of that show. That's that's part of that you 
know, yep. that brand. So I would not be surprised to see a Jay Cargill versus Bianca Belair for WrestleMania in, in Philly. Just to help them push, because it's going to push Jade and get her new fans, mm. and then it's also going to push this reality show, and and what better yet to have this big match at WrestleMania, which I think would be great. Well, we should probably deal with the elephant in the room, uh, knowing that last, you know, the, the two. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, you look at the two different brands. You got Raw. You got SmackDown. Last Monday night, we saw where Seth made the plea to. To Cody Rose, all right, Cody, you won, but do you want the Hollywood title, or do you want, or do you want, you want to, you know, you've you've earned your your keep. Now let's be honest. When Cody first came back, uh, Seth's nose was out of play. He he didn't like him, <clears> and then you know Cody beat him twice, uh, fair and square, before he, he moved on to his his next feud. Um, it was interesting that, but here we see Friday night, and <laughs> Cody basically steps aside. For what everybody was inevitable, what everybody I think was hoping for last year at 39 at Los Angeles, that would have been the perfect spot. The only problem is, is according to, to sources, is that, you know, Dwayne Johnson had too many conflicts and he could not make WrestleMania 39. Uh, Scott, give me give me your thoughts on, you know, the surprise when, you know, Cody announces he also has sought counsel and then hit the music. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a lot of questions with that because it doesn't, the whole timeline of things don't really make any sense because, you know, there's reports coming out that this match for Rock and Roman has been on the books since yes. early in January. Oh. And if you're so, you have Cody win the Rumble, you have Cody point to Roman, so he's coming after you. Then, then he comes out and says, yeah, I'm still coming after you, but not at WrestleMania. And then he gives way. He makes Cody look like a doofus right now. Right now it does. Yep. Tonight, if he comes out and has a, a, you know, a reason for it or a plan for it, then sure. Um, I mean, I get it. I understand. Rock Roman is box office. Like, it's going to get my dad will go, oh, The Rock's at WrestleMania? He's yeah. not going to go, oh, Cody Rhodes is at WrestleMania? Like, he might actually want to watch it, potentially. He probably won't, but, you know, maybe. And that would be a lot of other people, obviously, right? So I get it from that standpoint. But then what have you been doing for the last two years? If Or if you're just prolonging it even longer. I, I, and then, of course, who knows? It might be all a plan, and it's all a plan to just make the Cody situation even bigger mm. and then tip it again yeah. and make it a... You know, two matches and tonight <clears throat> thing where Roman beats Rock and then Roman loses to Cody in the next night. I don't know. I think it's dumb. I don't want to see Rock and Roman. I don't care. Um, but I'm also a very big Cody Rhodes fan, as some of my friends would know. So, so, so I've been this, they're laughing. I've been following this, and I see a lot of this hate and stuff. But the thing is, is I've been watching wrestling. I watch everything attached to wrestling. This Roman Reigns Cody match has been in the making. I mean, this Roman Reigns Rock match has been in the making. For close to over two years. Two years ago, Rock did an interview. This was supposed to actually happen to help coincide with the release of the last Fast and the Furious movie that he was in. Yeah. But what happened was was that The Rock, during his interview for Fast and Furious, he said that he was not ring ready. He said it's not about being in I shape. I remember this. It's about the timing. Yeah, yeah. So he said the timing is what he needs to get back down. He said, he, and they asked him, well, how long would it take? He said about two years. Guess what? 
where two years after this interview of him when he said that he would be ready for a WrestleMania match. Also, if you watch the TV show Young Rock this past last season of Young Rock, there is an episode with a little nephew on his back saying, let's wrestle, let's wrestle, let's wrestle, and says, acknowledge me, and it's Roman Reigns. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's very significant yeah. that that is in this season the of seed. Young Rock. Plant because if you're watching all of these things outside, the storylines for these stories also continue outside the WWE universe. So when I saw The Rock, yes, I was surprised, but I'm like, this has been building. Yeah. This has been the reason. And now I'm like, this could be why Roman Reigns didn't do so many matches this year yeah. because, one, to keep him healthy because they knew they had a big money-making WrestleMania on tap, number one. And number two, you can have Cody wait because you know why? Because people want this so much, they're going to stay and wait for this to happen. So throwing Rock and them in right now is is it. The key is how what's going to happen with the outcome. That's so, where it goes. All right, so I'm gonna, I'll ask you guys. And again, <clears throat> we are with uh, we got the Scott Sudikoff uh, and uh, Keith Hayes talking a little uh, road to WrestleMania 40. Uh, maybe we'll try to do another one. No, what, what, what exactly is it's in April? Correct, April, April. Maybe we try to do another one next month and, and kind of advance the story. Because so Elimination speak. Chamber is next month, so we should really, really know. Well, how things After are that, how up. things are going to shape out. So, so I, I want to ask you guys, and again, Tom, we got about, about five minutes left here. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, <clears throat> I know there's been a lot of mixed act reactions online. You kind of, you kind of showcased it, like mixed reactions in regards to uh, Rock and Ro- Roman, uh, Roman Reigns. Um, will this? I wonder if this particular story or this arc is going to split up the the family uh, any further. We already know that there's a successor. To Roman Reigns, right? Mm-hmm. And and is it time for Reigns to lose? Are they trying to propel him beyond uh, the, the San Martinos and the Hogans? What do you think, Scott? Um, I mean, I don't think anybody is ready to take Roman's spot like a solo Sokoa. And as good as Jay and Jimmy Uso, you know, have been, I don't think they're just at that level. Um, and there's, I mean, if there's, I mean, there, I hope there's zero chance that The Rock beats Roman Reigns, let's just say. Um, even though, again, stories are coming out that maybe he's politicking for that to happen. Yep. But who knows? He's pushing for it. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know, he's, you know, who knows, right? Scott, he is, head of the, he Scott he is head of the table right now, technically. <laughs> and, I, mean, I mean, true, technically. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of done with the whole bloodline thing. Yeah, and I get too. it. I understand that I understand the Roman Rock thing has been definitely in the cards for probably three years, if not really longer potentially. Um but then it's just then why you've been why you've been doing the whole stuff with Cody. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's going to get to a point where we're going to start to alienate fans that they're just going to say, all right, screw this. Enough. Now, that's not happening yet. More people are tuning in. More people are watching and all that. Um, the Internet, obviously, is the vocal minority of the wrestling fan. Like I said earlier, like my dad would go, oh, The Rock versus someone? Cool. But yeah. Cody Rhodes versus someone? He goes, oh, that's Dusty's kid? Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm just... I'm ready for it to. I'm ready for it to be over. I want to be there at WrestleMania. I want Cody to end Sunday night with the championship. Even if, if and if the night before Roman beats The Rock, 
And Roman still has that head-of-the-table moniker. He just doesn't have the championship afterwards. So, to me, that's the best thing you can do. And I don't see how that takes away from – that wouldn't take away from either kind of either thing. Because you make Cody have a match as well on Saturday to, like, that's part of the deal. Like, you have to have a match also. So, it's fair that you both have two matches over the weekend. Hmm. But I'm not in charge. Okay. Real quick question because I know we got to get out of here, but this is a quick question outside of stuff that people are talking about. Stables right now. The mixed stables for me, it, I'm loving it. Does Nakamura, Nakamura go with the now broken up damage control? Because I think that would be, That'd be cool. so awesome. What are you guys' but thoughts who, on but that? Who, but who would join Nakamura? Who would be the other male? Would he be? If, the, no, no, the three th- women. I'm talking about those three women and the yeah, one guy the that that four stable. I get that, but who would, be, would you want a second or a third guy too? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, Scott, I, mean, I know somebody. But, Dragon you know, Lee. Dragon Lee. This is a really super fantasy booking here, but uh, it was a guy from Japan who's sort of a big deal, who's a free agent that hasn't decided on yet where he's going. I don't, I don't know, but I don't think you would have. Um, uh, Kazuchika Okada joined WWE and joined a group, but you mm. know maybe you would because that's actually a big thing in Japan. They all have groups. So. And, and, and talking talking about free agents, and it's on my list. Uh, while we're, we're getting ready to wrap in a few moments here, um, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, free agent, uh, or is he he's not, a, not free a free agent? Don't fall for it. He's not a free agent. I don't think there's any chance that he's not signed to AEW. You would hope because what they did. At the end of the year, it would be pretty dumb if they didn't have him coming back. But who knows? And like I said to Kevin, too, you can't trust this whole removal from the website thing because they did the same thing with Drew McIntyre during negotiations. They removed Drew McIntyre from the WWE website. Then he came back a year later when he was signed, and then they put him right back. So you can't even, you can't even trust that anymore. All right, so yeah, I, I think it'd be really it would be really cool if he shows up at WrestleMania and confronts Cody or something. But I just mm-hmm. I, I for as much and personally as much as I look at Tony Khan and some of the things he does and go shake my head and like what is he doing? <laughs> I don't think he would end the year the way he did. You know, with MJF getting turned on by Adam Cole and the whole group and. Them still talking about him weeks after week, and you know, setting it up that he has to come back and make it right. I just can't imagine they would do all that without him being signed. Okay, so. final final quick question, and we get it. We got to end the segment, and that is: Does Cody finish his story? Is it going to be something that he fin- finishes it with Seth, or he waits out for the Rock Roman Reigns to play out, Keith? Uh, you know, the rumor behind the scenes is that Seth is really hurt and he's really trying to get some time off. So it would not surprise me if he does take Seth's belt this at, at WrestleMania because that's the word that's that Seth is hurt and he needs time off. Scott, well, Cody is Cody said it on Friday. Finishing his story is winning Roman's title. So even if he beats and wins Seth's title, he hasn't finished the story. The story, the story is not the story is not over. And again, hopefully, we'll find out more, but. It sounds like he's not giving up his WrestleMania spot to get Roman. Like it, that's where it's confusing. He said, "I'm still going after you, just not a WrestleMania." So I don't know if he's going to take that Rumble and say, "I'm going to have a match 
at SummerSlam. I'm going to have the match at Madison Square Garden on a Saturday night on NBC. Mm. You know, that would be great. That would be pretty cool, right? Well, he's um, on the cover of WWE so, 2K24, so. Let's yeah, see. yeah. And that game, you know, that game comes out. It'll, you know, it can be out for a few months before he actually wins the championship. But, well, yeah, guys, hopefully tonight we'll hear something. Well, guys, I want to thank you so much. Uh, Scott Sudikoff, <laughs> Keith Hayes, we'll have to do this again. We'll be back with one more segment here on Monday Night Talk. Stay tuned. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi on 95.9 WATD. Hi, I'm Holly Flanagan. Join me every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on Breaking the Ice, Let's Talk Inclusion, presented by The Great Blizz. Each week, we discuss topics important to our inclusive community and highlight the talents and achievements of our community members. Make sure to tune in Wednesday night at 8 p.m. to Breaking the Ice, Let's Talk Inclusion, presented by The Great Blizz. Breaking the Ice, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m., right here on 95.9 WATD. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. It seems like everywhere you look right now, someone is sick. This year, prepare your family for airborne invaders with Navage Nasal Care. Navage sucks out viruses, dust, and other airborne particles, all the stuff that gets trapped in your nose making you miserable. Even better, Navage is HSA, FSA eligible. Navage is available online at Navage.com or Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. By the middle of the week, so much news has come your way, you need your own team to sort it out. Lucky for you, there's Jared Valenzola and the JV team to talk about the things you've heard and catch you up on some things you might not know. I'm Jared Valenzola. Join me and my guests as we have fun with current events and try to put things into perspective each week. Sponsored by Corey Welch of Boom Realty. Catch the JV team every Wednesday night at 6.15 here on 95.9 WATD. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. The final segment of Monday Night Talk is upon us. I, I tell you, the shows, they they tend to just go right on by, but I promise you that uh, if you, in fact, missed anything, uh, we do our best to make sure that the podcasts are up. Monday Night Talk, uh, the you go to the homepage of WATV, and you are able to uh, go to the podcast section and find our latest and greatest podcasts. We are also available on Spotify, so seek us out on Spotify as well. Well, we are joined once again. We're privileged to always have Michelle McGrath, who joins us, uh, to give us usually kind of an update. She's with uh, McGrath PR, uh, Media Relations to the Arts, Nonprofits, and Small Biz. Uh, And we're here to talk a little bit of a spring preview, uh, Culture and Entertainment of uh, 2024. Michelle, welcome back to Monday Night Talk. Well, thank you so much. Good evening, everyone. You know, I always, when I get an email from you, it's it's amazing the number of things that you uh, share with folks who are looking for fun and, and exciting things to do, and it's sometimes informative. What, what goes into, you know, 
I know you have clientele, but what goes into your job to be able to kind of uh, share some of the great things that your clients are doing? A lot of research and writing and editing, um, but even just these uh, seasonal previews, which do come out four times a year for my entire client roster, actually takes about two to three days just to assemble this one um, piece. Um, so it's, it's, it's always a joy when I get to that last moment and I can kind of push the send button. <laughs> well, and, and I'm appreciative, again, when it's in my inbox and I'm able to look because it gives my audience something to plan accordingly to, you know, over the next few weeks, next couple of months. I mean, I believe that this one is meant to be kind of a, a late winter spring uh, addition to let folks know of some of the fantastic things that are that are happening in and around the South Shore. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't. It, the, the the timing gets a little tweaked because of, of course, many of my clients are in performing arts or visual arts. And because the holiday season has such a um, kind of concentrated season for performance where um, that season might run from around Thanksgiving right through New Year's, that makes the, the rest of winter kind of left out in some ways. So, um, so what I try to do is expand my spring um, offerings also cover into February. So this these events run from February through Memorial Day in May. So we're going to start off with the, the James Library and Center for the Arts, a, a fantastic uh, place to go, and it's multifaceted as well. And, and the first thing, and again, if you want to find out more about the James Library, go to the, their website, jameslibrary.org. Super simple. Uh, we're going to start off with a, a featured artist for 2024. Jake Bossa, tell us a little bit about Jake. Jake is actually um, a local sculptor. He's he's right from the region, mm-hmm. and he considers himself an interdisciplinary artist. Um, and he creates sculptures and drawings and paintings and poetry. But his abstract, figurative sculptures are what's um, being focused on here. They're made from reused or recycled materials that he's collected at construction and industrial sites. So he's going to be um, offering his sculpture pieces up at the James Library outdoors. You can just drive by the library. If you've never been there, it's right in the center of the Norwell Historic District, Norwell Center. And the beauty of it is that, is that you can just um, drive by as, as you're going about your day and see beautiful sculptures right out on the James Library's lawn. And those will be rotated throughout this year. So he's the featured artist for 2024. Excellent. Uh, and just in case folks don't know, uh, the James Library and Center for the Arts located 24 West Street in Norwell. Let's move on to uh, the Edmar Colon, I hope I'm saying that right, Quartet. And I believe yeah. these are original works by Colon and, and select Puerto Ricans uh, a, from the Puerto Rican Songbook. Uh, this is an upcoming event in March. If folks want to plan ahead, uh, tell us a little right. bit about this. Well, this is a this this is a, one of the beauties of the James Library is every season they seem to get these international or really highly acclaimed artists or ensembles into their very intimate, beautiful um, space. They have a uh, I guess it's the second floor is their performance hall. Um, but a couple of years back, they also were able to install a. Um, 
quality elevator in the building. So there's full access to all three floors of the building now. And uh, anybody that attends can enjoy their small performance hall. It's only about 50 seats and have an intimate experience with a very acclaimed musician or ensemble. So the Edmar um, Colonial Quartet is um, formed by Puerto Rican saxophonist, pianist, and composer, um, Edmar Colon. And he's exploring the connections between, you know, West African musical heritage and the idiosyncrasies of classical music from Europe. So he's really a melting pot of incredible music. And there's going to be some incredible musicians there. Um, Edmar will perform on saxophones, m- multiple saxophones himself. And then Elaine Millette on piano, um, Ian Ashby on bass, and Julian Miltenberger on drums. So it's a really full, full ensemble, beautiful space to have the sound in. Highly recommend this. And that will be held on Saturday, March 16th at 7.30 p.m. And I also want to note, and again, we we try to make sure we hit all demographics here. Uh, But I understand that there might be a limited number of tickets, uh, free tickets for seniors. And this is courtesy of uh, the the Cordiello Family Foundation. Cordelia Family Foundation is a support the arts in this region. And for this particular event, they are financially supporting tickets that senior citizens that might otherwise not be able to attend can do so. In order to arrange those tickets, you do need to call the James Library in advance. Okay. Uh, Let's move on over to talk a little bit about Jane Austen. Uh, Can we talk? It's an actress, right? Uh, Laura Rockland? Laura Rockland, yes, she is um, going to be performing Jane Austen with a discussion and a a Q&A. Um, about Regency deportment and etiquette. So it's not only kind of this exploration as Austin as an author, but it also is a theatrical presentation mm. as well. So that's a really nice fit for the James Library being, um, you know, a center for uh, literary events as well as being a lending library to start with. And, you know, when I know that locally there are other organizations, individuals like Laura who actually uh, invest their time in, beca- mm-hmm. you know, researching people from history and, and actually kind of reliving it for the audience. Correct. Right. Right. As a, as a, you know, she's handling this as a historical interpreter. Right. Uh, so she prevents, she presents these as character portrayals. And she also does this for educational groups. But in this case, she's doing this again in the James Library's performance hall. And you'll get to explore, you know, Jane's existence and her um, library of books. Excellent. Again, if you're just tuning in, uh, we are privileged to be able to speak with uh, Michelle McGrath from McGrath PR. As uh, Again, if you're looking for great things to do late winter uh, or going into the spring, uh, this conversation right now is uh, definitely for you. So we move on to uh, an international piano soloist who is coming to the, the James Library and Center for the Arts on Friday, April 19th. I believe it is uh, Inov. I feel bad because you know the names better. 
Inav Yardem is a woman, and she's praised um, internationally for her imagination and exceptionally vivid playing on the piano. Um, she has this sense of a, a majesty that's tempered by gentleness and quiet grace. She's been reviewed and has performed worldwide um, as a solo pianist, and lovingly, the James Library cares for its own grand piano, which is located again in its beautifully restored performance hall, Um, so only 50 seats, and this is also another concert that is being supported by the Cordelia Family Foundation generously, so that senior citizens that might not otherwise have the financial means may be able to attend. And give us a little bit um, on Miss Yarden as far as some of the stuff that she has performed in the past uh, and some of the works that she does. Sure. So she's um, Yarden is a a frequent recitalist at top venues across the world. Mm. She's been a soloist with orchestras, including the Israel Philharmonic, the Rudfunk um, in Berlin, Germany, Minnesota Orchestra in the United States. The Calgary Philharmonic, I mean, literally worldwide, Bucharest, Jerusalem. I mean, she's been all over the world and has a vast, um, you know, uh, library of of music that she performs. So um, I'm not um, in the know yet on what her program will be at this concert, but I can guarantee that you're in in for a treat if you're able to attend. So you can um, visit the James Library on Friday, April 19th at 7.30 p.m. And again, you're going to want to order tickets um, in advance. And so that would be by calling, um, visiting jameslibrary.org. And then you'd be able to order your tickets to ensure that in case it's a sellout, many of them, there are music shows, um, depending on the interest level, um, have the potential to sell out. So you want to think ahead. Very good. Now, here's one that seems like a real fun event. Jedi Night uh, Training uh, with Jungle Gym. May the 4th be with you. Oddly enough, it is on May the 4th. I know, right? That was perfectly planned. And if you're, and if you're a huge Star Wars fan, you get May the 4th is, is, uh, is that term, May the 4th be with you, sure. that um, people celebrate the Star Wars um, anthology every year. Um, so Jungle Jim is a, a family entertainer, um, and he is bringing it with this Jedi Knight training. So he's going to be transforming children um, into a Padawan learners um, for this event or um, program. And so they'll be led through a series of challenges, including Jedi Force magic, a laser balloon barrage, um, teamwork training, and lightsaber dueling. What, what's more attractive to a kid than lightsaber when we're talking Star Wars, right? right. Um, so this is recommended for children that are eight, uh, ages 3 to 11, and it's also limited to 35 um, little Jedis and their accompanying adults. So, um, and the kids are encouraged to wear Star Wars costumes so they can really, really enjoy this as uh, a true celebration of, of Star Wars Day. And it's amazing, again, knowing that we're hitting, you know, the younger demographic. And again, those who are, who are Star Wars fans, again, ages 3 to 11, unless you are an accompanying adult uh, to be a part of this, uh, this, this fun event that's happening at the, the James Library. Uh, That's right. Let's let's move on to the the artist Masha Balu, Kaleidoscope. Yeah. This is going to be taking place Friday, May the tenth. Tell us a little bit about this. 
Yeah, so um, the James Library is host to some amazing art gallery events throughout the year, um, and so they change over their artists about monthly, and they always have an opening reception. In this case, Marsha Ballou is kind enough to offer an artist talk as well. I highly re- recommend attending this event and enjoying just the sights of spring. The artist, um, the artist is one of my favorites in the region, and her co- use of color and exploration of nature Nature and flowers and fauna is just so captivating that you just don't want to walk away from it. So in this particular exhibit, um, Marsha is, um, you know, exploring an experience that she had when she was sitting on a bench in her field at home and she was enjoying the bright light and the beautiful summer flowers. And then all of a sudden a dance of nature occurred where dragonflies began diving amongst the sparkling sunlight and butterflies appeared. And so she's held this um, memory in her mind and she's using this to display in this exhibit. And I wish I could show you all through, through the airwaves right now what her artwork looks like, but you can see it for yourself if you attend this, um, this exhibit. Luckily, it is available um, during the James Library's business hours between May 10th and June 15th. Um, but if you'd like to attend the opening reception, which is always joyful, that would be Friday, May 10th from 6 to 8 p.m. again at 24 West Street in Norwell. And again, just remember, anything that we have talked about, if you want to kind of a little bit more insight, uh, you want to find out more that the James Library and the Center for the Arts located 24 West Street in Noble has to offer, visit their website, jameslibrary.org. So we're going to move on to uh, another amazing organization here on the South Shore, also located in Norwell, the Company Theater Center for the Arts. Everybody loves the Company Theater. They do an amazing job at putting on productions. And it's, you know, why go all the way to Boston? Yeah, there's some great shows in Boston when you have it right here in your backyard. The Company Theater uh, Company. Uh, check out their website for upcoming events. We're going to give you a few uh, as we discuss it with Michelle now, companytheater.com. And I believe our first uh, event that we're going to talk a little bit about coming up on uh, Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, February 17th, uh, 4 p.m., and Sunday, February 18th, a swinging affair, a swinging affair. Tell us a little bit about this. Well, this is, um, I, I have, I'm very excited because I am actually attending this event myself. I'm a huge um, supporter and fan of any of the Great American Songbook and Swing and Big Band Jazz. That's my just my style in terms of music. So I'm taking a few friends along with me and I'm going to ce- celebrate a, a friend's birthday at this event. And it is going to be a swinging night. Huge 16-piece big band. We're talking all music professionals, and they are going to be swinging through the Frank Sinatra songbook, you know, Fly Me to the Moon, I've Got a World on the String, In the Mood. And, and then on top of it, if you bring your dancing shoes, the dance floor will be open. So you are going to enjoy the excitement of frontman Donnie Norton, um, music director um, Steve Bass, one of my very favorite people. And his wife, ironically, is going to be one of the guest soloist who is a spectacular singer. So you definitely want to come out for this. That's Saturday, February 17th at 4 p.m. 
Sunday, February 18th at 3 p.m., right in Norwell. If you've never been to the company theater, it's accessible from the highway. Mm -hmm. It's the center of the South Shore. It's easy to get to. And you can grab those tickets online at companytheater.com. Okay. Let's talk about another event coming up in March, A Gentleman's Mm -hmm. Guide to Love and Murder. What do you know about this particular event? Well, Kevin, as you mentioned, the company theater is the center for theater on the South Shore, and this is their big ticket to entertainment this spring. Um, A Gentleman Guide, Love and Murder is going to be playing from March 15th through the 30th at the theater, and it is going to be a hilarious event. So uh, a distant heir to a family fortune sets out to speed up the line of succession by using a great deal of charm and a dash of murder. So this is a Tony Award-winning musical comedy, and it was set in Downton Abbey era England, so you may be familiar with the Downton Abbey theme um, that's been across uh, the TV, um, you know, shows lately. There's so much interest in British um, themed shows. And this is the theater's way to bring it to the stage. So um, if you have the chance, I highly recommend coming out for this. The, the opportunity to have Boston or Broadway quality theater right here on the South Shore allows you not only to you know, go to your favorite restaurant and not have to pay Boston prices, but it also, things like free parking add up, you know, and and the uh, tickets are such so much more affordable. I'm actually going to be going to a Boston show thanks to a gift of a friend tomorrow attending Moulin Rouge. The tickets for that show are between $1 and $200. But let me tell you, you can go to A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, um, the premium tickets are only $58, standard are 50 So you're talking half price of what you'd pay in Boston. Um, and you're getting exceptional um, seats. The entire theater is got, there's not a bad seat in the theater. I love I love the space. There's about 320 or 30 seats there. And so everybody gets to have a great view of the stage. It's also worth noting that some of the, uh, the area's best theater talent uh, finds its way into a lot of these productions as well. So you may see some folks who, you know, live in your backyard, who, you know, live locally, who are on stage and performing when they do do the audition. So keep that in mind as well. Right. Absolutely. I agree with that completely. And, and um, most of their main stage shows have a large cast. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of actors and super quality entertainment. We're talking the best in choreography yep. and lighting and their sets are extraordinary and the costuming and it's just a, an exceptional um, institution and we're very grateful to have it here on the South Shore. Let's move on to uh, another production, Peter and the Star Catcher. And this is, again, if you love everything Peter Pan, uh, you'll definitely love this and, and as will the kids. Uh, this is Friday May 3rd and Saturday, May 4th, 7.30. And then there's a Sunday-ish uh, matinee, May 5th at 3 p.m. Again, the Company Theater, 30 Accord Park Drive in Norwell. Give us a rundown on uh, on this fantastic production. Well, this has been a perfectly placed um, piece in their season because not only does this give um, the family spin because it explores the life of Peter Pan on the stage in a new in a different setting um, from the traditional story, it is right before Mother's Day. So if you want to do something with your children for Mother's Day weekend, 
consider doing this and buy those tickets early because this is likely to be very popular. Um, it's a piece put together through the Company Theaters Academy, which is their student productions. Uh, just outshine anything that I've ever seen with youth theater in this region. So you want to go check this out. It's a high-flying theatrical adventure, and it unfolds to discover the origins of the beloved um, legend Peter Pan. So you'll see magic and music and pirates and who, you know, I don't know a single kid that doesn't love a pirate story, right? Um, lots of imagination and a classic tale. Uh, so it makes it a great time for, for uh, Peter Pan lovers of all ages. So definitely come out for this. It's a heartwarming story. You'll leave starry-eyed. You'll enjoy your kids for the day. Come on out for this one. So we move on to uh, Pilgrim Festival Chorus. Of course, uh, our very own Michelle McGrath is uh, somehow uh, she is a part of this upcoming event uh, in, in May. Uh, something uh, put the, uh, that is uh, pre- presented by, uh, by Pilgrim Festival Chorus, and it is Johan Brahms. I'm not even going to try saying it, but uh, it's it's an <laughs> event that you you want to definitely check out. That it's going to be uh, held at the Saint Bonaventure Parish, 803 State Road in Plymouth. What is this particular uh, uh, event that's coming up uh, in May? Well, more comfortably, we can call it a German requiem. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to do that, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to do harm to Johann Brahms' uh, work. <laughs> well, you did good so far. <laughs> um, so the Brahms requiem, as it's more comfortably known, Ein Deutsch requiem, um, is um, it's a masterwork, and it's one of the most beloved works of, of masterworks of all time. Truly, um, uh, I've sung many. Uh, Requiems. I am an alto uh, performer with Pilgrim Festival Chorus and have the privilege of also being their PR consultant. Um, and this, uh, this I got to tell you, I was approaching this and saying, oh boy, I've never really at length sung anything in German. And I was a little hesitant. And my first uh, rehearsal, my rehearsals are two hours, and I sat through that rehearsal and sang away, and I realized this is a it almost has tones of opera. It reminds me of that kind of grandness and very dramatic. And, you know, Requiem is normally, you know, a, a, a mass for the dead or in honor of the dead. And there, you don't get that sense with this. It's more um, something that was written for the living who have left that been left behind. So you get this uplifting sound from the music. It's, it resonates with listeners everywhere, and it speaks to, like, the universal human condition. So when you sit through this concert, you're going to leave uplifted and feel like that, you know, you have that heartwarming feeling from, from the music that you're taking in. It's a special year for Pilgrim Festival Chorus. It's getting very close to its 20 fifth anniversary year and because of this particular work the um chorus has grown to nearly 90 members this wow. year can you imagine that's mad that's, a, that's amazing 90 singers and there are soloists that have been hired for this work as well so you're going to get to enjoy a massive um orchestra and uh and a stunning um, piece of music in the classical realm and you know it's it's 
I'm going to be very proud to perform this work. Uh, it's it's a it's an undertaking for me, and everybody is really invested in um, you know perfecting their pronunciation of the German and just delving into the work. We're having a great time with it. We uh, unfortunately we have like three minutes left uh, of the to the program, but we have just enough time for you to kind of encapsulate mm-hmm. what's happening with the South Shore Ballet uh, Theater. Uh, check out the website, SouthShoreBalletTheater.com. Uh, I know you and I had uh, discussed a couple of different uh, event uh, things that are coming up. We've got the uh, Summer Ballet Intensive Program Auditions, as well as we want to talk a little bit about their, uh, their theater gala, a gala that's coming up in May. Uh, if you will, kind of give us, we'll start out with the auditions coming up next weekend, and then we can kind of jump into the, the gala. Absolutely. So um, I know I can't even believe that uh, the auditions are already mm. here for um, programs, and that's that's coming up this this weekend on Saturday for all all ages that can take this program, and and so that is for um, dancers between ages. 10 to 12. Um, they do not have to be um, trained in point ballet. Um, that's from 11 to 12.30 on Saturday. And then ages 13 and up who have taken point um, would arrive um, to be auditioning between 10 and 11.30 a.m. And Social Ballet Theater, if you're not familiar, has, uh, again, another super accessible location right in Hingham. And it's really, it's right off of Industrial Park Road. So if you're not even local to Hingham and you want to take super high-quality ballet lessons, again, for all ages there, um, you can access that right off the highway, shoot right up from the anywhere on the South Shore, North or, or South, and, and get there quickly. Um, so these auditions are for South Shore Ballet's popular summer intensive programs. And they, this year, in particular, they're going to be available weekly or for the full program. So people can choose things that work around their summer vacation schedule and allows them to, you know, still partici- participate in something very high quality. Um, the Ballet Theater is really known for exceptional training. They're part of the American Ballet Theater National Training Curriculum Program. Mm-hmm. And so you're not getting, you're, you're getting Boston and above quality um, training at this school. So um, students are always welcome to come and explore their programs and and um, meet the founder, Martha Van. She's extraordinary. Um, and so if uh, students are coming to this event, you can learn more about that and register at SouthShoreBalletTheater.com online. And uh, just a little heads up, there is, um, you know, some protocol for the students coming about what they wear, how their hair should be, and boys are also welcome. This is not just for girls, yep. um, and there's plenty of scholarship opportunity, especially for boys um, in these in these auditions and in, in this program. So go check that out at SouthShoreBalletTheater.com. And, and do we want to quickly, do you get 30 seconds to tell them about the, the upcoming gala on May 9th? Yeah, so the, this this is such a wonderful celebration. Some people would call it a recital, but the gala for the this this program is above and beyond. They are performing, you know, the classics um, with their students who are very very high end. They've been through their competition season, and they're doing things like performing excerpts from Swan Lake. I mean, it's extraordinary. They've moved this year. This gala is an annual event, mm-hmm. and it typically um, happens in Braintree. They're moving this to Weymouth to the Chapman Middle School this year, and. 
and that's on Saturday, May 9th at 2 p.m. You'll get a little sneak peek to what's going to happen. Their beloved event of the year is the Nutcracker that happens every winter, an extraordinary program every, every annual holiday season. Thank you so much, Michelle. You are so welcome, my friend. I am so um, enjoy talking to you every time that we have this opportunity. And I want to thank you for exploring all of my clients' events for the season. She is Mag- Michelle McGrath from McGrath PR. Uh, she is a PR for Media Relations to the Arts, Nonprofits, and Small Biz. That's all the time they gave us. That's it. We're going to get out of the room. <laughs> but until next week at 6.15 p.m., stay tuned and have a great evening. South Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, and severe weather. 95.9 WATD-FM Marshfield and 95.9 WATD.com.